This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, good morning, everyone. Boy, I'll tell you what a time we're in with God, and you know God is with you. He's with us here in the house. He's with you out there in your house, wherever you're at, uh, whether you tune in uh, early or late. Um, We're believing uh, God. Um, The Bible says, except the Lord build the house, except God does the work does a work that only God can do. You know, he expects us. Faith has works. Can't just be, well, you know, I have faith, but you have nothing to show for that. See, faith acts in line with what it believes. So faith has works. And and God gave us work uh, to exercise us in our gifts to help us to grow, but also uh, for our enjoyment. You know, it's a gift from God to be able to enjoy the work, being productive. As the Bible says, bless, fruitful, increasing. Amen. Uh, filling the earth, mul- multiplying. The man's gift or woman's gift will make room for them. And it's a gift of God to have work. How many of you glad to have work in these days? Amen. Work to do. And even if, you know, even if you're not in the, quote, workforce, so to speak, you know, don't quit working now. I mean, you know, keep working for God. Keep, uh, do something. You know, as healthy, get up, do something. Amen. Uh, but um, God's blessing, uh, God's blessing is on uh, work. And we want to show God that we have uh, faith in him uh, by working with him. And he's with us and that's such a powerful statement. God with you. The Bible talked about Joseph said he was a prosperous man because God was with him. Um, and he is for you. God's never against you. It's the devil's lie. God is for you. Amen. And some of you may feel like you're in a maze and every door is blocked. I'll tell you, God's still for you. He is the door that will open. Now, you need to just keep find, keep moving until you find the one that's open. I thank God I've missed a lot of stuff because God, you know, I didn't even read the sign wrong way, but it wasn't right. Are you listening? God kept the door closed. I've dynamited doors. I've... I've done. I've kicked and cried and bawled and squalled, stuck my hand underneath it, say, please, God, please. But God, thank God in his mercy, kept it closed. The ones that did that I did get open, it wasn't long before I realized, boy, that was a wrong thing. Amen. All right. We want to uh, uh, believe God together today. Those that are in the house and those that are not, you know, this is a we do what we do. All of us uh, as a. Uh, worship to God, but also as just a simple sacrifice. Uh, you know, today we're we're offering a simple uh, a simple seed of the Word of God. There are those uh, here uh, among us, myself included, that we need a work from God, and that only happens uh, from the Word of God. God works his word. And when we, when we uh, attend to his word, and when we put his word out there, and we put his word uh, in front of our eyes, and, and as we're doing today, this church, our offering, it, the, through the miracle of media, can go to, you know, uh, the whole world. But our prayer is specifically, God, there are people today, including myself, that need to hear this word. So that you, so they can believe you for a work of the Holy Spirit. Because except God builds the house. Unless God does a work, we just labor in vain. It's just a religious thing. It's just a thing. It's just a man thing. And you know, man can do so much, but can never take the place of God. There are things that men cannot do. Our best intention, we still cannot... Uh, fix some of the brokenness, the broken things in life. Isn't that true? 
Aren't you glad that Jesus declared himself that uh, he said, I am the preacher of the good news to the poor. said, I am the healer of the brokenhearted. I'm the fixer of broken things and broken places and broken hearts and broken lives. So we look to you, Jesus. We thank you for the wonderful privilege that we have to come together and put our faith together, not just for ourselves, Lord, uh, but for specifically, even if it's just one um, today, somewhere, we thank you, Lord, that, they, that these words come to them, that you would bring them acro- uh, across uh, their pathway that you want to do a work in their life. Lord, you said that you send your word and you heal. So we thank you today for that in Jesus' name. If you can agree, say amen. I I really was excited, still am excited about uh, uh, a new uh, um, direction um, and some uh, word that I've heard from God, and it'll take more than one time to... You know, get it uh, get it to us, but uh, um, from this thing that we're in, reset and redo and uh, and restoration. I want to say restoration. I believe this is a year of restoration, and uh, it's a wonderful word. It's a wonderful thing that God uh, is doing. And uh, uh, but I felt really. Uh, and just sensed uh, from God very strongly uh, about what I'm going to minister to you uh, today, which is a little different than that. We'll have to start that next week. Um, I also sense very strongly that perhaps it might not, you know, now I see myself in this. I believe every word that God uh, gives us, it's not just preaching material, it's for life. I, I'm living this. I have lived it, I'm still living it. And I believe it's, you know, this is, Jesus said this, he said, man shall live out of every, by every word that streams, amen, there's a continual flowing uh, of, the, um, of the word of God. And so it's words to live by, it's words to live well by, to enjoy God, to, uh, you know, work with God uh, by. But anyway, uh, today... And this is important. I really, you know, uh, well, how important is it? Enough of a priority where, where God said, you know, this is what I want you to, this is the message I want you to minister on. And these three words, decision, direction, and destiny. You know, life consists of choices. They fall into really just two categories, and I'm sure you can measure this for yourself. You know, look at your neighbor and say, I'm not judging you, don't judge me. <laughs> you know, uh, I'll say this kindly, and, and I've learned this, uh, don't take it the wrong way, but Pastor Sandy, it's got to be her idea, I'll tell you that right now. Now, you're not going to tell her or make her choice for her. And a wise man... Uh, knows how to live long and strong by not irritating and upsetting and getting clubbed to death by his woman. Amen. So, uh, uh, you know, each one, we all decide for ourselves, really. When we stand in front of God, it's it's the decisions that we made. I'm not being able to pass it off on her or vice versa or, you know, any. uh, anyone else. Uh, But it falls under... uh, Choices, decisions fall under two categories. There's foolish choices and decision, and there's wise choices and decisions in life. How many of you can testify? Don't need to, you know, uh, self-identify yourself. God knows us, isn't that right? Uh, nobody's been completely foolish. Nobody's been completely wise. It's kind of a mixture. You know, the one... Uh, Sage said this, I believe it was Dale Carnegie, very successful man. He said, uh, um, he said, the wise learn from their mistakes, and they do it differently the next time. Amen. That's, you know, uh, uh, learning uh, life lessons, learning in life uh, um, is growth. As long as we're still growing, we'll still be going. It's when we stop growing, see, begin to slide back down uh, the hill. Amen. I always ought to be learning.
uh, God, uh, most certainly, but also even the natural things. I mean, you know, don't just veg out and, you know, entertain yourself, educate yourself. You know, do, do something that keeps you sharp, keeps you on the edge, you know, keeps you having to stretch and reach a little bit. All righty then, don't shout me down, but it'll be all right. It's okay, We're, I'm not in a hollering mood today, are you? You know, the scriptures teach us, uh, a uh, shows us the difference between uh, foolishness and, wis- uh, and wisdom. So many different places, whole book of Proverbs full of, but I want to read in the New Testament, 1 uh, Corinthians and we're going to read from the 18th verse, and I'm going to read first out of the Message Bible. This really would uh, prefer that you listen to this, and you know, um, you may have a different translation, but I want you to hear it out of this. It says, The message that points to Christ on the cross seems like sheer silliness to those hell-bent on destruction. But for those on the way of salvation, it makes perfect sense. This is the way God works. And most powerfully, as it turns out, it's written, I'll turn conventional wisdom on its head. I'll expose those so-called experts as crackpots. So where can you find someone truly wise, truly educated, truly intelligent in this day and age? Hasn't God exposed it all as pretentious nonsense since the world in all its fancy wisdom, now pay particular uh, um, attention to this, in its fancy, the world's wisdom never had a clue when it came to knowing God. God in his wisdom took delight in using what the world considered dumb preaching of all things to bring those who trust him into the way of salvation. Listen to it in the Passion Bible. It says this, To preach the message of the cross seems like sheer nonsense to those who are on their way to destruction. But to those who are on our way to salvation, it is the mighty power of God released within us. For it is written, I will dismantle the wisdom of the wise, and I will invalidate the intelligence of the scholars. So where is the wise philosopher who understands? Where is the expert scholar who comprehends? And where is the skilled debater of our time who could win a debate with God? Hasn't God demonstrated that the wisdom of this world's system is utter foolishness? For in his wisdom, God designed that all the world's wisdom would be, and again, this is the same phrase that pay attention to in the message. Here it is in the, in the Passion Translation. It says that all the world's wisdom would be insufficient to lead people to discovery of himself. So he took great delight in baffling the wisdom of the world by using the simplicity of preaching the story of the cross in order to save those who believe in it. And let me give you... It's an encapsulation of the world's wisdom. I can meet all of my need without God. The wisdom of God teaches us, you know, it's all from God. It's all for God. We need God. So it's wise to even want God. We don't just need him like Pastor Sandy when she prayed, not just when we're in trouble. If you really want to live the life that God has designed for us, you know, then do life together with God. Not just don't wait till you're in trouble. Now, he's with you, you know. But boy, he waits for an invitation to, you know, like I said before, like Coco, my little dog. You want to go with, you want to go with dad? It'll wait till you ask. God waits till we ask. And he'll come right along and boy, I'll tell you, you know, uh, there's nothing like having God with you. See, because his, uh, uh, you know, his thoughts will invade your thoughts. You'll have his plans. Everything you do will run smoothly. Even if it goes uh, off the rail, he'll grease it and put it right back on. 
I'll tell you, it just goes better with God. Well, I want to, uh, uh, again, let, the Bible says, let everything be established by two or three witnesses, and that would come from the Scripture. So let's look over in the third chapter of Saint First Corinthians 3, and I'm going to start reading at uh, verse 18, and I'll read that again out of the message, and uh, then the, boy, I do that every time. Uh, out of the message, um, and then, um, and then we'll read it again out of the um, Passion Bible translation. I suppose I should um, not write everything down on paper, but I'm a paper person. So let's read from verse uh, 18 uh, um, here as well. I believe. Hold on a second. Yes, verse 18. And it says, uh, turn the page here. It says this. It says, don't fool yourself. Don't think that you can be wise merely by being up to date with the times. Be God's fool. That's the path to true wisdom. What the world calls smart, God calls stupid. It's written in the scripture. He exposes the chicanery of the sheik. Of the, sheik. the master th- sees through the smoke screens of all the know-it-alls. And in the Passion Bible, it says it again. This way, so, and the subtitle here is True Wisdom. So why fool yourself and live under an illusion? Make no mistake about it. If anyone thinks he is wise by the world's standards, he will be made wiser by being a fool for God. But what the world says is wisdom is actually foolishness in God's eyes. As is written, the cleverness of the know-it-alls becomes the trap that ensnares them. And again, the Lord sees right through the clever reasonings of the wise and the know-it and, the, uh, and knows that it's all a sham. And we can see this played out uh, as an example for us in the story of Abraham and Lot. And I'm going to... Uh, I'll have you turn uh, over to Genesis, the 13th chapter, and we'll uh, see this. uh, I'll read it out of the Amplified uh, Bible here. And again, here's the contrast and the conflict between the world's wisdom and, uh, and God's wisdom. And remember, the world's wisdom is this. I can do it all by myself, all for myself. I don't need God. I mean, that's the heart of it. And God's wisdom teaches us, no, why do it all by ourselves when God says, I want to do life together with you. I want to put my super on top of your natural. I want to be... Uh, your guide, your helper. I want to I wanna help you to succeed uh, in real living. So, um, in this story now, we're going to see, uh, this is an example for us, and we're going to see the contrast and the conflict that that uh, creates. Abraham represents God's wisdom and God's way. Lot represents the world's wisdom. And the world's way, and you know, uh, but both of them um, are available to us. Uh, I want to read here out of um, the thirteenth chapter and the ninth, uh, the ninth verse. They're having a conversation. Actually, the eighth verse. They're having a conversation. Uh, See, the two can coexist together for a while, but there will always come a time when they can't. When when the contrast and the the conflict uh, is going to cause some chaos and some confusion 
in our lives. It says, So Abraham said to Lot, Let there be no strife, I beg of you, between you and me, or between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we're relatives. Remember, they were in business together. The Bible talks a lot about Abraham's relationship with God. The Bible doesn't say anything about Lot having any relationship with God. Lot was with Abraham. You know, we all maybe have been or we know uh, those that just come along for the ride. They're satisfied to know about God, but they don't really know God for themselves. Are you listening? Amen. Well, you know, it's in the Bible, so it's going to be in life as uh, as well. Um, but Abraham said this, Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself, I beg of you, from me, if you take the left hand. See, a wise person, no, we can't have strife now and division. A little schism in the... In the uh, uh, house a little of that kind of leaven in the lump will will putrefy the whole thing. It'll affect the whole thing. That why that's why when Pastor Sandy you know wants to fight, I leave. <clears throat> you know I love you, baby. But we just don't do it. No, we we we. <laughs> I'll tell you, we we live in a place now that you know. Uh, God is with us, but I'm going to tell you what, just outside the blessing is the curse, and the devil will take advantage of any little slip-up you do. Now, we're not afraid of that, but we've learned. I'll tell you what now, you know, why throw the door open, you know, cook bacon on the thing when you know the hog loves it. I mean, he's just going to come a-running for breakfast, you know, wreck everything. So we just don't do it. You know, I mean, seriously, that's more dangerous to us than anything, you know, uh, because the Bible says where there's strife, uh, there will be chaos and confusion and every evil work. So, you know, the, the root is strife, evil work and confusion and chaos. Every evil work. Now, that's a powerful thing. You know, don't get in strife inside or outside. Don't be, don't be you know, uh, forgive. Oh, I'll tell you what now. You know, forgiveness is a skill that will keep you out of lots of stuff. They, uh, unforgiveness will wind up, uh, the seed of unforgiveness left unattended to will cause a bitter root in you that eventually will defile everything and everyone you're around. Not in my notes, but that's free. You can, uh, you know, you can have that for yourself. You know, I came from a family that, uh, you know, I mean, you know, very just staunch Scottish folk, and uh, um, you know they're very stoic. And my grandfather and his sister uh, uh, had an issue between them. I don't even know. I don't think they really remembered what it was. But for fifty years they lived in the same town. Fifty years, never spoke. Ah, that was the ground I come up out of now. If you, you know, Pastor Sandy can tell you, we get in a fight, I wouldn't talk, might not talk for a week or two. True? Yeah. Where'd you learn that from? Well, that was the world's wisdom and the world's way. It's how it's brought up. Well, when you get in the kingdom of God, try that with God, you know. It, you know, sometimes God will just don't talk to you. Why? Because you know, you know, you're going to hold that stuff in your heart. What are we going to talk about? See, forgive. You got to forgive. That's the basis of our relationship with God. We're forgiven, so we can forgive freely. Amen. It's not f- so freely though. When you, you know, I'll make them pay. I'll tell you what, they will pay. Now we'll pay the price. For that kind of stuff. Well, a couple of you are agreeing because you, you know, ask me how you know. I know. Anyhow, doesn't matter what folks do. Now, you know, some stuff, some stuff, you know, is tough. Well, anyway, you know, here's Abraham. Now, remember this. Abraham was, uh, he actually gave Lot the, the, uh, um, the, uh, the privilege of the uh, of the elder son, 
by way of inheritance was concerned. He goes, the whole land's out here. You choose. If you go this way, I'll go that way. It was not a, I just need you to get away from me. That was not it. Abraham brought Lot with him. Uh, let me speak to that. Have you ever brought along in trying to follow God your own just in case it don't work out? I've got... I won't, we won't preach on that. We'll just go forward from there. <laughs> Say amen or oh me. But anyhow... Uh, it says this, if you, uh, it's not the whole land before you, separate yourself, you choose, I beg of you from me. If you take the left hand, I'll go to the right. Or if you choose the right hand, then I will go to the left. He's saying, look, you know, you're like a son to me. I'm for you. I'm not against you. But it's obvious that we can't, you know, we got strife going on. We can't have that, uh, you know. Uh, and the Bible says a lot was blessed. The reason why they had strife is land couldn't, where they were at, they couldn't stay together, couldn't care. Uh, them together so it says this and Lot looked and saw that everywhere the Jordan Valley was well watered before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah it was all like the garden of the Lord like the land of Egypt as you go to as you go to Zoar now um, this is a a truth that it can run we can run to it Together, the God's wisdom and the world's wisdom can run together for a while, uh, but there'll come a time uh, when, and there always, it's inevitable, there'll always come a time where we have to decide and make a choice to go one way or go the other. And Abraham, being wise, he said, Lot, you decide, you choose what direction for you. You know, it's wisdom in life. Remember this, it's got to be people's own idea. We, God uh, allows people to choose, and we must allow people to choose. And you can only choose for you. You can't choose for other folks. You can only uh, choose for yourself. So wisdom is, you know, let people decide. So the Bible says, we see this lot. Now, I'm going to show this. Being foolish looked only with his natural eyes, and he had eyes for the world. And he had and he and he's operating in the world's wisdom. He looked, and he saw it. He said, "It says it looked like Eden, and it looked like the best that the world had to offer. It looked like Egypt. Now, how can Egypt and Eden look the same? Well, you know, God made all this stuff. It's all good. Understand? It's all from God, and it's all uh, for God. Amen." The world's not a bad place. Are you hearing? Bad things happen here because of a bad devil, but the world was created by God. Amen. Your, your, uh, you know, uh, your computer and cell phone's not a bad thing, but you can use it for wrong things. It can become, you know, used for wrong things. Amen. Church is not bad. It's God's idea, but sometimes bad things, wrong things happen. Uh, even in church, even among brethren and sistren, sister then or ran, whatever, how you say it, bro and sis, brothers and sisters. Amen. Have you noticed that God's family is not perfect and that God's okay with that? You know, first thing, I remember uh, when my family, my, my, you know, we raised our kids best we knew how, you know, uh, uh, things don't always happen as you turn out. I remember thinking, you know, God is, you know, it seemed like it's all messed up. You know, if only I'd been a better father. And he said, you think I'm a good father? I said, yeah. He goes, if you see how I started my family, it wasn't very long. It all went off the rails, too. I felt better. He said, it'll be all right. We'll work around it. We'll get it back. And he did. Ever have anything go wrong in your family? Believe God. God's been there and done that, knows exactly how you feel, and he'll get it back around. Hallelujah. Just keep trusting God. But Lot looked, and what he saw was this. He said, a well water, he said, uh, it, was, it was all like the garden of the Lord and like the land of Egypt. Well, originally, you know, Eden was here on the earth. There's some beautiful things and wonderful things. Enjoy God's creation and know the creator in the creation. Amen. But it's the, uh, it's the, you know, it's the eyes that are looking. See. 
And it's the wisdom that we're operating in. And so Lot looked and he saw, and he saw greener grass on the other side of the fence. Should I stay there for a while or should we just move along? Has anybody ever seen greener grass on the other side of the fence? I remember sharing with Kyle as we were talking about, you know, uh, uh, about Alexander City, the opportunities or lack thereof that are here and the condition and all that kind of stuff. And I said, well, I suppose it just matters that where home is because when you decide this is where home is and God always seems to make a way, you know, for that to work for. And I said, but I suppose for a Christian that home should be where God says this is the spot because that's where he's going to create Eden for you. Amen. Uh, and so I gave him a personal example. Of I said, you know, one time I had a $2.50 job that I had a lot of liberty and freedom driving, delivering, building materials. And I said, I swapped it up for $3.25 an hour for a job that when I got there, it looked greener that $3.25. And that was a hell hole. Boy, I'm going to tell you what. And I caught hell every day. It wasn't a Christian. It was bad. But I learned a lesson. You know, <laughs> sometimes more is less and less is more. The grass ain't always greener on the other side of the fence. Boy, I ought to stay there for a while and tell that gentleman that's thinking about that young thing, don't do it. Don't do it. You think you can handle two 25-year-olds and, you know, trade your 50-year-old in? Honey, she's put up with you all these years, and I got news for her. She know you can't handle it. Amen. And why go back to that? Dear God, remember, I remember how stupid I was at 20. Anyhow, let's move on. Now, you 20-year-olds out there, we love you. We really do. And we're here to help you. And we'll let it be your idea. Amen. If you need help, we're here where that's concerned. Um, but he said it was before God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So it says, Then Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley, and he traveled east, so they separated. Interesting that he, you know, there's an old uh, uh, country song that says, These rose-colored glasses that I'm looking through Show only the beauty, but they hide the real you. Well, he saw the, looks like the garden of the Lord. Boy, it looks like the best the world has to offer. But he didn't see the twin sin cities down there. Now watch this now. Watch this now. It says, so Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan. Abraham stayed and obeyed. And Lot dwelt in the cities now of the Jordan Valley. Now what's a, what's a farm boy done got down there and moved into the cities? Not just one. The boy kept moving. Sometimes you be careful not to be a rolling stone. Because you keep on rolling. He lived in the cities. Country boy in the city. Got down there and got in the cities. Now listen. He got down there in the cities of the plain uh, of the Jordan Valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom and then he dwelt there. I'll tell you. I'll tell you something. A wrong choice. You can pull the trigger here and if you're just a little bit off by the time it gets way out there, you can be a hundred miles off. Where it's just a little bit here, but it's a hundred miles over there. Sin will keep you longer than you want to stay, cost you more than you want to pay. Now listen, this goes on to God mentioned he said he said this, but the men of Sodom were wicked and exceedingly great sinners against the Lord. Now what's a boy who who separates himself out from a man who's following God, got the blessing of God on his life because he's with the man that's blessed. Are you listening? 
makes a move and keeps on moving, and he winds up down there in, uh, you know, not just, listen, not just away from Abraham, I mean far away from God. He just didn't see uh, the sin cities. But when he got down the cities, you know, it's always a progression of hard-heartedness, of insensitivity. It's a progression away from, the same way it's a progression moving towards anything or anyone. You know, a decision results in a direction and it ends in a destiny. Let me ask you which, uh, which should be the way... Uh, which would be the way for you? See, we're, we're looking at two wisdoms that are in contrast and in conflict. I want to read out of James uh, over here. Again, we're going to read first out of the um, Passion Bible. All right, it's not too much scripture for you, is it? We're almost done. You've got plenty of time. We're not going to take all your time, but you've got time to hear this. Verse 13, wisdom from above out of the third chapter of James, Passion Bible says, If you consider yourself to be wise and one who understands the ways of God, advertise it with a beautiful, fruitful life guided by wisdom's gentleness. Never brag or boast about what you've done and, and you'll prove that you're truly wise. But if there is a bitter jealousy or competition hiding in your heart, then don't deny it and try to compensate for it by boasting and being phony, for that has nothing to do with God's heavenly wisdom. Now, now, all right, where does boasting and all this, you know, I did this, I can meet my need all by myself. I don't need God. That's talking to this. So we're not out of context here. So in case you're, in case you're wondering about that. Um, it says, for that has nothing to do with God's heavenly wisdom, but can best be described as the wisdom of this world, both selfish and devilish. So wherever jealousy and selfishness are, are uncovered, you will also find many troubles and every kind of meanness. But the wisdom that from above is always pure, it's filled with peace, considerate and teachable. It is filled with love and never displays prejudice or hypocrisy in any form and is always bears the beautiful harvest of righteousness. Good seeds of wisdom's fruit will be planted in peaceful acts by those who cherish making peace. Can you see Lot and Abraham in both of those scriptures? One's a peacemaker, uh, you know, the no strife at, um, you know, preferring uh, um, Lot where that is concerned, but you all, we also see, you know, if I was law and and I had a, an inclination, I would say, you know, well, look, we'll fix this. Uh, you know, let's all downsize here. Let's work this out. I'm with you. Are you listening? Well, and Lot, well, you know, the Bible says in another place he was a righteous. Uh, man, Second Peter it says he was a he was a righteous uh, man, but he said he 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 moved down there, and day after day in that hellhole and that wickedness, it said he, he was tormented. It said he was just tormented. He one translation says he was vexed in his soul. Well, I guess so. You know, I mean, he shouldn't have been down there to begin. We should have stayed with Abraham. Are you hearing? Abraham would have still took good care of him. Are you listening? Sometimes it doesn't look like God's going to take good care of you, so you have to take care of yourself. Oh, I wish I could. I really don't want to tell you the truth about all that. Ask me how I know. If it'd help you, you know, uh, I would, but it sure hurt me. I've been, I, I've hurt my own self bad. And I, th- I found the only way to redeem that is maybe it'll help you. But we don't have time today. I promise I'll get you out. I promise I'll get you out of here. Let's uh, read this out of the Message Bible, then we're done. It says this, um, James 3 and 13. Do you want to be counted wise to build a reputation for wisdom? Here's what you do. Live well, live wisely, live humbly. 
It's the way you live, not the way you talk, that counts. Mean-spirited ambition isn't wisdom. Boasting that you're wise isn't wisdom. Twisting the truth to make yourself sound wise isn't wisdom. It's the furthest thing from wisdom. It's animal cunning, devilish conniving. Whenever you're trying to look better than others or get the better of others, things fall apart and everyone winds up at each other's throats. Let, let, let me also say this. You know, some of you have a yard sale and things like that, sell things or all that. Don't always try to beget all there is in everything and leave no room for anybody else to win or to make a profit. The Bible says uh, that uh, don't glean the corners of your field. What's he saying? Don't take it all. Leave some. Leave some room for others to profit and to, uh, to be blessed. Amen? I think about Ruth and Boaz. The only reason why Ruth was uh, discovered by Boaz, who now she's in the lineage of Jesus, was Boaz was keeping that law. And in keeping that law, he was a very rich man. But just that one commandment, don't glean the corners of your field. Boy, if you ask, if you ask uh, uh, Boaz, it, what, the conversation would be, how did an old man like you wind up with such a good-looking young woman? He goes, well, I didn't. I didn't glean the corners of my field. And here this girl come. Boy, when she come, I decided to put her out there in the middle, make it easy for her, drop her handfuls on purpose. I need her to notice. I'm noticing you. <laughs> Who sometimes it seems like a lot. I do not see how God going to get me a husband. Obey God. Follow the Spirit of God. Don't make it all about you. Oh, I'll tell you what. Now, you know, Arnold, sometimes you know when you hit pay dirt. I'm telling you, that's the truth. You just feel the Holy Spirit settle on the things. It's not in my notes, but it was struck, that thought struck me today. Because, you know, we sold some cows and traded some things around or whatever. And, you know, uh, did you get it all? Got all God needed me to have. They always leave a little bit of room for somebody else. Amen. Keep the, keep the ways of God and you'll be blessed. Uh, in a, let's finish this. Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life. Now, holy life is a separated life. It's, it, it is a life that is following God. It's not following after the world. So it's not moving towards the, back towards the world. Are you listening? There's certain things, certain places, and, and you know, I, I won't go. It's too close to where I come from. Are you listening? It says Abraham stayed in Canaan, which didn't look like much. Lot took the best part. Abraham's uh, got up, and God says, now you lift up your eyes. What are you saying? First of all, you look at me because I'm going to give you everything that you see. It don't look like much now, you know, Uh but you wait and see. Amen. Have you noticed that most of the oil that's in the world is covered with, don't look like much? <laughs> Sand, desert, and all that kind of stuff. God knows what he's doing. <clears throat> it says, real wisdom begins with a holy life, and it's characterized by getting along with others. It's gentle, reasonable, overflowing, uh, with mercy and blessing. Uh, not one hot day and cold the next, not two-faced. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoy its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other and treating each other with dignity uh, and uh, with honor. Lot was blessed because he was with blessed Abraham. Lot chose, Lot left, Lot decided, he went in a direction, he had a destiny. Now listen, if you follow that on through, uh, you know, uh, Lot was wound up 
uh, losing it all. It was destroyed and disgraced. But Abram chose, he stayed and obeyed. He decided and he went in the direction that God had for him. The destiny of, of Abraham is he got God's all, all that God has for him. You know, we'll come, we're always come uh, to, and we're come today to a time of decision. It's an intersection of separation. And it would be this, separate from the world's wisdoms or separate from God's wisdom. You know, we, the, it, this life is about knowing God. That's what this life is about. The world's wisdom is about keeping you from knowing God. God said that world's wisdom is insufficient. He can't use it to lead people to himself. See? <clears throat> And, but we choose which way for you, and I'm going to say today, go with God or go with the world. Remember, a decision will then become a direction, and it will wind up a destiny. Let me encourage you today, choose God. Choose God. This is, to, this is, not, uh, this is to both saint and sinner alike. And I'm believing that there is a working right now of the Holy Spirit in a revealing and a revelation uh, right now. You know, the scripture says that, uh, that we can um, justify. I want to, I lost that piece of paper, but uh, uh, we can justify um, and reason out the way that we take. See? But it needs to be based in that there's been a revealing and we have a revelation that God's way is better than any other way. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it, it le- it's a road to destruction. We see that pictured in here. In an in a, a other translation, it does say that it says you can, you know, uh, we can um, uh, reason away and and. And make an excuse for, you know, the error that we make. See? Um, but it's an error to look, to look towards, you know, the grass might seem greener on the other side of the fence. Trust me, it's not. It's not. You'll have to trust God that it's not. See? It may seem like a right way, but if it was, if it was, if it's the world's way, See, if it's you trying to meet your own need without God, you judge it for yourself. How do, well, I can't get God to meet my need. Oh, he's already met those needs, but he asked you to trust him. You know, well, if it really were, it just seemed like God would open up the door. Not while you're banging on all the doors that he's closed. Not while you, now, if you keep at it, he'll insist. If you keep at it and insist on it, God will give you your own way, but you'll eat the fruit of that. Are you listening? Amen? How many, don't raise your hand, but let's, let's pray a simple uh, prayer. Lord, I thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in this house today. You haven't just given us information, but I'm trusting that the work of the Holy Spirit of this word, that there's a revelation, there's a revealing. Uh, And Jesus, we're going to pray this together. Jesus, you're the way, the truth, and the life. And I choose you. Your life, your way, and your truth is my example. And I will follow your lordship. Come into my heart. Change me. Rescue me, Lord. Save me right now. And I thank you. Your wisdom. Your ways. For me. You're the only God for me. You're the only one. And you're the only way. And I thank you for it. Amen. Now if you prayed that prayer and you meant it. Saint or sinner. Because I believe there. You know I mean. uh, What would happen. If you just held the steering wheel at 12 o'clock and started down the road. 
ain't going to be long. I mean, you come out of this parking lot and you hold her at 12 o'clock, we're going to be pulling you out of the bushes down yonder. <laughs> we have to make adjustments. Even in staying on course with God, we have to make adjustments. And those adjustments are always uh, a willingness to to an obedience that comes by faith and make adjustments in our uh, in our life, you know. So if you've been looking over the fence because it just don't seem like God is doing things quick enough or fast enough to suit you, you know, uh, the test is obedience. The test is the willingness first and obedience. And, and if you'll do those things, you'll eat the fat of the land. Like I said, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, both saints and I believe that there, there are major changes and minor uh, rearrangings that are happening that could wind up as major things. You know, God knows that what you're aiming at, and he looks down the sight. Sometimes it's good to have his hand on our hand, and he just goes to the left just a little bit. There now. That's the bullseye. Are you listening? You're looking through your left eye. You should be looking through your right eye. You're letting that. You got it tilted up. We need to bring that thing down just right. Now you'll hit what you're aiming at. See? And God's that way. I want to thank you for listening. I also want to thank you uh, um, for letting us come to you today. We want to help you. And then... And the best thing we can do is give you the word of God. And we know that God's doing a wonderful work. If you gave your heart to Jesus, whether for the first time, you know, or this time, no matter. uh, Congratulations. That's the right thing to do. It's always the right thing to do. And I'll tell you, this decision, see, will wind up uh, followed by a direction. And God has a wonderful destiny to you. I hope you chose God today. If you did, we want to help you. We have some free materials we'll send to you any way, shape, or form uh, uh, that we come. Church is open uh, for business. Uh, come, you'll be blessed. Uh, uh, if you don't come, we'll do our very best to come to uh, come to you. But there's a wonderful blessing in belonging. You know, uh, um, uh, uh you know, I live a long way from Mama's house, but if I was nearby and she said, come for supper, I'm a cook, and I'd be there. Amen. You know, and uh, there's something special about assembling together, even so much the more as we see the time approaching. So, uh, you know, uh, you can make that choice and decision, and I'll tell you, it's better together than just all by yourself. God bless you. We'll see you the next time. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.